Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect, just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of the Sports Forecasters Podcast. This is Nathan. We got Nick with us. What's going on? Just enjoying the first round of the playoffs, finally finishing up, working our way into the divisional round here, where after looking at these wildcard matchups, lack of parity going on in most of the games. The first game started off really close, really tight-knit, but the other games, the teams that won took control pretty well of the entire game or for the majority of the game to come out with the victory. What were your thoughts from the wild card weekend, Nathan? Yeah, I picked a bunch of upsets. But, uh, all the favorites won, but but San Francisco, which of course I picked the favorite one there. So I didn't do so good, but historically it's uh, the underdogs typically cover. So this 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 year's a little bit different. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm still I'm still hanging on to my two preseason teams, the Bills and the Rams. Both of these teams look fantastic right now so i'm hanging on to that that uh my my preseason pick there for the super bowl absolutely and it's always about integrity when you start getting down to the nitty-gritty so what we're going to look at first folks is we're going to first look at two parts of the nfl obviously a division round to end the show but for this segment we're going to look at NFL quarterbacks. We're going to look at franchises that have NFL quarterback that were their starters at the end of this season or the majority of this season. And Nathan and I are going to dissect these seven teams to see, do they stay with these quarterbacks or are they moving on? So without further ado, we're going to skip ones that are kind of like duh ones. Like for example, your Baltimore Ravens, they're going to stick with Lamar Jackson. The first team we're going to look at are the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, very tumultuous down the stretch to say the least. Uh, Mid-season around the trade deadline is probably when that really start, the flames really got stoked with Odell Beckham. What do you see the Cleveland Browns doing with Baker Mayfield, Nathan? Well, I think they're going to give him another year, but in my opinion, I'm selling it. Um, I actually sold him a long time ago. Told my Brown, one of my friends that's a Browns fan, I said Baker will be in the CFL by the year 2025. And last year I thought, okay, I'm wrong there, but maybe I'm not. So um, my other prediction was I thought Josh Allen would be the best quarterback in the 2018 draft. That's looking like that's the case. So, so yeah, I'm liking my prediction. I would sell them. You got to move on, Cleveland. You've got too talented of a roster. He's not getting the job done. I know he was hurt, but everyone gets hurt. So I think Tom Brady. What, played with a sprained ACL all last year on the Super Bowl, and he's what, you know, a grandpa. So I don't think there's any excuse for young Baker Mayfield um, at this point. So um, I think you got to sell him at the very least. I mean, you you could get Deshaun Watson. I think you could even go with Case Keenum as your backup and still, I think, make the playoffs. A Garner Minshew, per se. But I just think there's options out there for them, trade or free agency. So I think you got to move off. Baker's definitely been a mixed bag, to say the least. 
coming in partial way through his rookie season and showing flashes of good things. The next year with Freddie Kitchens was a disaster. Last season looks like, hey, maybe we have something here. And then this season was a lot of bad habits. Labrum maybe was a big issue of it, but the fact of the matter is, unless Baker's going to change some habits and make some concessions on how to play the game or adapt his game, the career is not going to be very long. And Cleveland, I think, should sell on it. Unfortunately, with the pool being as small as it is, I think they'll pick up that fifth-year contract just for fear they won't have something. But as I was telling a friend who was a Bengals fan, the Browns have a lot of great pieces. They just need to get that right person there for quarterback to make that be that dangerous team week in and week out and not just be sometimes when the running game's really clicking and the defense is shutting them down. We don't have to depend on the quarterback. So both of us agree, need to sell on Baker as soon as you can. Moving on to another AFC team, the Denver Broncos. Nathan, what were your thoughts about Teddy Bridgewater as Denver Broncos quarterback? Yeah, um, underperformed. Uh, obviously, I don't think they meet the expectations that they wanted, but I don't think he was the only problem. Uh, the coaching there, I think, was uh, an issue as well. So, um, obviously, they fired Vangio. So, we'll see what they do about Bridgewater. But if I was Denver, I would sell as well. Um, I think Denver is a pretty hot market right now for some of these uh, free agents or quarterbacks that want to be traded. Like, I think I could see Russell Wilson, Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson go into Denver. And I think you just go on all, all in on one of those guys. Um Especially, you know, you, this, this team's got weapons, man. It's they got a lot of weapons on the offense, and they got a very stout defense. So, I think I think you got to sell and, and go after it because you you got to get a quarterback, especially in the AFC West with Herbert and Carr and Mahomes. You just Bridgewater's just not going to cut it. John Elway is the general manager of the Denver Broncos. You didn't make playoffs. You didn't win your division. They're going to move on from Teddy. John is not a patient individual. He is going to move pieces to make it happen. Whether that is acquiring those big names that we keep throwing out there in Rodgers and Wilson or whatever he's going to do, he's going to find that piece because he feels like that's a piece that needs to keep getting upgraded because as the seasons have shown, he has not stayed patient with his quarterbacks. Unfortunately, I don't think, I think Teddy does not dodge that chopping block and he they move on. He will not be on that roster next year. Next, we're going to go to the Houston Texans. This situation turned interesting. Um, obviously, you have one quarterback with lots of legal issues. Nathan and I both agree that we don't think he's ever going to be playing in Houston again. So now we're looking at not Tyrod Taylor because he ended up getting benched. So his fate may be sealed. You may say different once you start talking, Nathan. But Davis Mills, Nathan, what are you thinking the Houston Texans are going to do with Davis Mills? I believe the Texans Texans don't own their pick this year, so they're not going to really get someone in the draft this year. And it's not really a hot spot, I would say, right now for um, any free agents or, or people that want to be traded there. So I I would go after one particular person here. Um, I, I would sell Mills under one condition. If you can get a quarterback in return for trading Deshaun Watson, if all his legal stuff's cleared, but if his legal stuff's not cleared, you just write, you just you just go with Mills. Um, assuming Tyrod Taylor's not there, you could go with Mills for another year, right? And just you just gonna have to play this waiting game with Deshaun Watson. But if his thing, if his stuff's cleared, you know, you trade Deshaun Watson 
and hopefully get a quarterback in return. Deshaun to Cleveland. I like that. And then you get Baker Mayfield in Houston. If that's the case, I would I would buy that. Right now, though, given the situation with Deshaun Watson, and sounds like he's not going to be cleared for a long time, I would just keep Mills there and, and ride with him. Yeah, if Cleveland could have their way, they would unload Baker there to get some kind of value from the Houston Texans. But, yeah, I think Davis Mills just proved himself to earn himself another year there. He's not the long-term answer, but he's definitely the answer that they can have out on the field now, even if Tyrod was healthier and everything like that. When he came back, just things weren't right. Tyrod seems to be that flash-in-the-pan type guy, but never your long-term answer. So Davis, I think they'll stick with as well. Another team in the AFC we're going to look at is one that I had interest in after the last three weeks of the season, a team that Rich Eisen famously said, no one wanted to see in the playoffs to a team we never saw in the playoffs in the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz. What are you feeling with Carson Wentz this upcoming season? I honestly would keep rolling with him. And I, the reason is mainly because I don't think you're going to really get anyone in Indy. Um, no free agents or trades. So I don't think there's really a better option. You just kind of, you just hope that he's healthy and you just hopefully he can grow out of these kind of silly mistakes um, that he makes sometimes. But he, he has moments where he's a fantastic quarterback. So I would just roll with him and work on that this offseason. Work on making sure he's he's healthy because I, I don't know what other option they have right now. So I would I would keep ones. On the roster right now, quite the answer to your question. Indianapolis really doesn't have a whole lot. Carson definitely shows flashes of he can be great. For me, the troubling thing ever since that Buccaneers game, his just stat line has was just continually degrading. And I understand Jonathan Taylor was a beast, a monster, everything like that. But like when they needed Carson to execute, there was no execution coming. So they're not going to move on from him. They just can't. I think the money is too high. I don't know how the numbers look and everything like that. But realistically, you're not going to move on with him. But that doesn't mean you're not going to keep your ear to the ground to see if you can come up with something better. I definitely think Indianapolis should be smart and be shopping to see what they could get from him. I mean, there may be a team that's currently in the playoffs that may be looking at a quarterback change because of moves they made. And that may be a team you look at because that would be a guy I would think would fit in an indie-type system. But we'll see what happens with that. But honestly, I think they're just going to stick with him because, like Nathan said, he does have flashes of greatness. It's just the inconsistency of it. And quite honestly, you're going to get to a point where teams are going to give you a shorter and shorter leash with that. So moving on into the NFC now, one team we had thought was the Carolina Panthers. But looking at things there, it looks like Sam Darnold may be sticking it there. What are you thinking with that, Nathan? With Carolina, yeah, I think that depends on, as you alluded to, the financial situation. But if you put finances aside, I think you sell, you sell Darnold. I think they need to really um, rethink their strategy there in, in, in Carolina because Matt Rule, I mean, he's probably playing for his job next year. So I think that's someone who, if waivers clear with Deshaun, they're gonna go. I mean, yeah, with Deshaun, they're gonna go hard after Deshaun Watson to go to Carolina. I think that's possibility. So if, if like if that's if that happens, if Deshaun's cleared, um, I think you sell Darnold and you really go after Watson and maybe you send Darnold to Houston, you know, and I think that's a I mean Houston getting Darnold in a trade like that I think is you know, a decent return, at least to get a quarterback. Um it's, it's so that I think it really depends on how the dominoes fall here and 
other than Deshaun Watson, I don't really think um, too many other uh, quarterbacks out there could get us. So they could draft maybe the Liberty quarterback if 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 it falls to them or or somebody else. But um, I don't think a rookie is going to do any good than, any better than what Darnold did. So um, I would keep him unless finances allow and Deshaun Watson is cleared. I'd go after him. Darnold definitely turned into a tale of two cities. The beginning of the season when they were three and zero. Everyone's like, man, Jets, you really messed this one up to, oh, that's the guy we were looking at before in New York. Uh, yeah, Sam Darnold, system, scheme, or whatever, it doesn't seem to be the issue. It may be a confidence thing at this point. I'm not sure. But yeah, Sam Darnold is definitely, I think finances are going to keep him tied there. I think looking into the draft to find that project would not be a bad option since these quarterbacks probably aren't highly ranked and they're, they could possibly fall to the Panthers very easily where they're at. It might be worth, if there's a guy you like, having him there and getting him in the wings. Although, if Matt Rule's playing for his job, he may be looking in other positions to try to bulk it up to keep his tenure there much longer. So moving on to the next team on our radar here, that a team... I'm interested to hear about, and I, this wasn't a team we originally said, was the New Orleans Saints. They have two quarterbacks there. One went out with injury. One came in after battling an injury. Do they stick with either of these guys, or do they move on, Nathan? What are you feeling with that situation there? Uh, stick, they all stick with James Winston, in my opinion. Um, I, think he was playing, I think he was playing pretty good, um, so I think they just stick with James there and not try to go... Hard. They might go after Russell Wilson per se, but um, I think ultimately J- James Winston will be there. Sean Payton proved uh, how good of a coach he was. He made this team into a playoff contending team up until the end. James, when he was in, like Nathan said, showed better consistency. There were those clunker of games. That's the James we remember seeing in Tampa Bay, but he was able to manage it out. Taysom Hill is going to be your goal line, utility knife type guy that just kind of throws wrinkles in. He has good athleticism. He has okay quarterback skills, but nothing that you're going to hook your truck to. So Jameis definitely is going to be the guy that sticks it out for next year. And who knows, maybe they start looking around to see who can be that heir apparent, or maybe Jameis has done enough to earn Sean Payton's favor. Moving on next to New York Giants, who are in search of a coach. Do they search for a new quarterback, Nathan? I don't know yet. (laughs) Uh, I don't think they should. But they have that fifth-year option. I th- there's rumors Russell Wilson to New York. So being a big market city and team, uh, I think they're certainly going to flirt with uh, any trades or free agency signings uh, this offseason. But if they fail at that, I think you just stick with Daniel Jones. You don't go after someone in the draft. I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he can be a lot like a, a Ryan Tannehill if put in the right situation. Like I said, I would I would just flirt with the possibility of some of the guys out there, but if it don't work, you stick with Jones. When they put Daniel Jones on injury reserve, it kind of sent an indication to me that they were going to pick up the fifth-year option. Personally, I feel like they should move on from him. I think Daniel has shown a lot of bad tendencies, and I think maybe a reset for him and the franchise is in order. I don't know that they'll do that, like we've said several times throughout this. It's just like the draft class is not very big or robust, and you signed a lot of pieces there to try to make Daniel Jones successful. So 
Do you try to run the run it again and just say Joe Judge was the problem? See if this new guy comes in and can make all these pieces work in those wide receivers you sign, Saquon Barkley, etc. I would be more tempted to try to go elsewhere, not even necessarily Russell Wilson. I think there's some other options that you might be able to look at, explore. That would be marginally better than Daniel Jones. Daniel just needs a time to just sit and watch. But we'll see what New York ends up doing with that. That's what our thoughts are on them. Moving on to a team that just got eliminated from the playoffs. Very embarrassing kind of way as a fan. But it was nice to see the fight down the stretch. The Philadelphia Eagles. This one's interesting because we have Jalen Hurts, who was the starter through the majority of the season, with a backup in Garden Minshew, who showed flashes of doing well throughout the season. What's your feel there, Nathan? Yeah, I think they got to move on Jalen. He can't pass the ball. He really cannot pass the ball. And I think they'd be better off, honestly, with Gardner Minshew, in my opinion. I, I am not a Jalen Hurts fan. So I think they move off of Jalen Hurts. Well, I don't know if they are or not, uh, but I think they should. They'll probably stick with him, though. 0 and 7 against the playoff teams. 0 and 7. And that's why when we did our picks last week, I said. Bucks are going to cover eight and a half. No problem. They're going to get up fast early because they know Jalen Hurts does not want to throw the ball. And when it's that big of a problem, that big of a deficit, that big of a weakness, the NFL is going to eat you up. Coordinators are going to see that all day long. Now, I will grant you, not every NFL team has firepower or the ability to do that like the Buccaneers did. If you're looking to build a team that's going to be a serious contender, Jalen is not that answer. Um, he has two years, maybe, of being able to do what he's doing. Maybe three. But he's not as fast as Lamar. He doesn't have the cannon like Allen. There's just not enough tools there. There's pieces of things that other guys have that have, they've made work. But Jalen doesn't have that. Uh, like Nathan said, I honestly think maybe having like a Jameis Taysom Hill type dynamic where Minshew is your every down quarterback and Jalen comes in for these option wildcat type reads or different things like that would be a better combination for the Eagles. I don't know if Sirianni has that kind of setup or anything like that. If you're looking to build something in Philadelphia, Sirianni, Jalen's not going to be that answer. Using him as a utility type guy is going to be the best thing. He just unless there's going to be a huge development because that playoff game showed the glaring weakness. And many will point to Lamar Jackson's first game against the Chargers, how bad he looked. But in the fourth quarter, at least he started putting stuff up and started looking like a good quarterback to some degree. But Jalen, it just never looked like it was going to click unless the Bucks were going to give him when they play umbrella defense. And they're just like, just keep it in front of us, guys. So Eagles should move on. They won't move on, but they should move on. Washington football team is the team we're looking at in a few weeks here. We're going to get to find out if Nathan was right or I was right on the team name we picked. But for now, we're going to look at their quarterback. Taylor Heineke took over during the season when Fitzpatrick was injured. Um, first, we'll speak about Fitzpatrick. Nathan, what are your thoughts on Fitzpatrick? Is he going to keep going or is this was this it? Oh, he's done. He was celebrating at that Buffalo game. So he's done. If he was coming back, he wouldn't be at another team stadium celebrating their playoff. So, um, yeah, Fitzpatrick will not be returning. Uh, Washington's a mess. I don't know what to do, honestly. I think if a quarterback falls to them, um, I think they pursue them. 
That's all I got to say there. Same sentiment. They have to move on. Taylor did a good job of being serviceable. And quite honestly, I would not be surprised if he got another season of just being a serviceable guy. But they need to move on to something to be a long-term answer. But don't reach for something. Work to have something in place for that individual. If you feel like there's a guy in the draft with the pit guy or Cincinnati or whoever, then go for them. But the big thing with Washington and many of these franchises that we've mentioned you need to be patient. Don't reach for the guys. They're The big stud guys are not here this year based on what the analysts are saying. So you need to make sure you're patient and let them come to you. Another team that we're looking at here are Nathan's beloved Miami Dolphins. We talked about my Eagles. We need to make sure we get to the Miami Dolphins. I'll go ahead and go first with Miami Dolphins because I feel like, Nathan, you're going to have a whole lot more to say about than I am. Miami Dolphins, you have two as your starting quarterback. He is not a starting quarterback. You should move on, but I think they'll stay with him. What do you think, Nathan? Honestly, okay, I can't believe I'm saying this. So um, I went on my rant with the Brian Flores situation, but it sounds like Brian Flores is the one that wanted Tua to go, and he was the one that uh, was pushing for Deshaun Watson all season. And I think the biggest mistake all year was pushing for Deshaun Watson all season and I think it ruined our season and I thought it was from Stephen Ross but reports are saying it was actually from Brian Flores himself so even though I think Brian Flores is a great coach um, I think it was very silly if true to do that um, because you're basically wasting the entire season by putting this unknown over everyone's heads and splitting up the locker room you know because now they got to choose a side so, I mean, now I understand why they fired him, even though I still think he's probably a really good coach. But I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think you stick with Tua next year. I, unless, like, everything falls in, you know, if things fall to, like, get Rodgers or Wilson, okay, then yeah, get the him, them. But if that's not the case, I want to draft a quarterback. I would give Tua another shot because, in all honesty, I know Tua's gotten a lot of chances, but... He got screwed over his rookie year. Um, I I felt like just constantly just not being able to grow, just constantly be pulled in and out, pulled in and out. And it sounds like he had a coach for two years that never wanted him there in the first place. So rumors are that the Dolphins are going to hire the offensive coordinator of the Bills uh, and who was on Saban's staff in Alabama when Tua was there. So if that happens, you might get a coach that actually wants Tua, that's worked with Tua, that knows Tua. And feel wanted there. Tua's more comfortable. Clearly, Tua made Jalen Waddle the highest reception leader in the history of rookies. Why? Well, that's Tua's most comfortable target. It's it played together in Alabama. Right? So now I'm thinking, well, what if they bring in a coach that used to coach him in, at Alabama? You know, just surround him with something he's comfortable with, he's familiar with. Maybe that's what he needs. I don't know. Everyone's different, but. Flores and, and, and Tua didn't mesh, so they got rid of one of them. So I think they're going to stick with Tua, and I'm not going to disagree with that uh, actually, unless Wilson falls on their lap. But I think you, I think you ride with Tua, and you give him a fair chance with with no other quarterback lingering over him, knowing that if you make a mistake, I'm going to put this other quarterback in. With no um, rumors throughout the season, we're going to trade you for another quarterback. You know, it's just like. We're riding with Tua this season, and you keep it that way, and you don't lose the locker room. I think it's going to be hard for the Dolphins to get 
maybe a free agent quarterback or even a, a quarterback in a trade because they're going to have a new coach. And I think a quarterback that as a veteran that once out of their current situation is not going to want to go to a situation with a team that has a brand new coach. They're going to go somewhere that's maybe has a little bit more structure and stability. I, I, I feel like the chances are low to get one of those, those quarterbacks. So I think at the end of the day, they're going to ultimately stick with Tua. And honestly, I'm not too mad about it. So we'll, but we'll see what happens. And we'll keep looking at the situations as they evolve. There may be more that come up as coaches get hired, changes that made and things that are going on. Now let's move on to our divisional picks for the NFL playoffs. So as Nathan mentioned toward off the top, his two preseason predictions are in. My two are still in. Let's see how that affects our picks, though, based on what we're seeing coming in. First game we have on the docket for this playoff weekend are Cincinnati Bengals that won their first game in 30 years. They're in the playoffs. They made it to the, they won a game. They're in the next round. Does that trend continue against the Tennessee Titans, who are favored by three and a half points, Nathan? I would like to say yes, but Tennessee's going to get Derrick Henry back. Their defense has been playing lights out. And really, Cincinnati has been such a hot and cold team and all year. And so I I felt like they've been a hot for too long. I, I just think Cincinnati's going to... It's just not going to come out here and be that Cincinnati team that we want them to be where Burrow throws for five touchdowns and 400 yards and, and whatnot. So I think Tennessee's defense is going to be too much for them. Um, don't forget, Cincinnati's offensive line is not the best. Um, I think that Tennessee defensive front is going to get to Burrow, put a lot of pressure on him. You're going to have Derrick Henry back for Tennessee. I like Tennessee to win this win this one by a touchdown, 27-20. to 20. One of the teams that many said needed the time off in Tennessee to give Derrick Henry that time. That was a huge factor and a huge thing for them. Even if you get Derrick Henry back at 80%, it's going to be a big upgrade for your team and just provide a spark for the team, quite honestly. Cincinnati's been an exciting team to watch throughout the season and has shown an, a versatile passing attack and be able to spread it to multiple receivers, different receivers, not and making it difficult for defenses just to key in on one. If this was the Tennessee Titans defense of the first few weeks of the season, it would seem to be in the Bengals' favor, no problem whatsoever. The Bengals would seem to have a huge favor in their corner. But ever since that Henry injury where everyone, myself included, counted the Titans as a team, like, well, they, they'll probably hold on to division because they have such a huge lead against Indianapolis. But beyond that, they're not going to do a whole lot more. To be in the first seed in the AFC has to mean something. I think Titans would be well served to take the air out of the ball, just do what they normally do, grind that ball out, wear that team down. Cincinnati's defensive line is looking a little thinner, has a few injuries, a few individuals banged up, so the Titans can take advantage of that, especially with a running attack with Henry and then Foreman, who's been the substitute. I'm sure he's more than ready to go to try to fill in as Henry is working his way back into it. So the three and a half seems small. I'm going to go with the home team in this with the Titans winning. Moving on to the 49ers visiting the Green Bay Packers, the first of three remaining matchups uh, that is a repeat from an NFL regular season matchup. Nathan, does history repeat itself with the Packers winning again, or do the Niners pick up the victory in this instance? I think this is uh, probably going to be the game 
one I mean the game of the weekend. Um I think it's gonna be one of the closer ones that we see. I'm gonna end up picking Green Bay here, even though San Francisco has been one of the hottest teams right now in football. Uh I think it's way too challenging to win in Green Bay. Like you said, Green Bay's already won. The, I think Aaron Rodgers really wants the Super Bowl more than ever <laughs> to rarely rub in Green Bay's face. But yeah, I'm gonna roll with Green Bay here and um I think Jimmy G and the um will will make too many mistakes and, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will just capitalize off of them. But I think it's a close game. I really do. I could I mean potentially an overtime game. So I'm actually gonna pick San Francisco five and a half in this game, but I think the the Packers do ultimately win this game. They won't let it slip slip away. San Francisco continually the little engine that could every time it looks like it's time to count them out or time to move on to Trey Lance. Garoppolo and the 49ers find a way to be in the conversation for playoffs and to keep moving on. Green Bay Packers, the team that's just always responded to challenges throughout the season. They go against Tampa Bay. They respond. They go against, at the time, the undefeated Cardinals. They respond. They go against the Rams, who were looking good, and they respond. Do they respond to this challenge? Yes. I think Green Bay does win this game as well. And I'm going to the same pick as Nathan. I think it's going to be too close to the game. The last time they played this game was week three of the NFL season. A lot has changed since then. But I don't think the point margin gets that much bigger. It was a two-point victory back in the regular season. This one, I'm not willing to go over five points for it. So I think San Francisco covers, but I believe Green Bay wins because that's one of the teams I picked to move on. So I got to keep them in the hunt. Next game we have in the is still on the NFC side. We have the Rams visiting the Buccaneers. Nathan, does Brady go to another NFC championship? Um, it's crazy to say another NFC championship, the fact that it's only the second year in Tampa Bay. Um, but this is the toughest game, I think. I think if everyone's healthy, I think Tampa Bay wins this game. But given the fact that two offensive alignment went down, um, just all the injuries Tampa Bay will, already had going into the game against the Philadelphia Eagles and then all the injuries they got in that game and with how hot the LA Rams are right now this is really the toughest one to pick um, in my opinion uh, so I'm going to go with my gut I'm going to go with my gut from the beginning of the year about this Rams team and you know I picked this Rams team to pick go to the Super Bowl knowing that they have to go through Tampa Bay basically um, and beat them. And they already beat them in the regular season pretty handily, given that was in Los Angeles. But Los Angeles' home field advantage didn't really exist. That I know Tom Brady, his weaknesses, man, when he that you got a good front seven that just puts that pressure on him, that hurts Tom Brady. And, you know, he's the greatest. He's not perfect. You saw Von Miller and, and Aaron Donald and that front seven of the Rams just destroy destroy. Kyler Murray and they're healthy now and going after 44 year old Tom Brady I think with that completely weakened offensive line two of them are out including Wirfs obviously you no know, Godwin Fournette a lot of people out man so this one's tough but I gotta pick Rams plus three here I think McVay needs to prove why he got Stafford I still think a lot of the Tampa Bay players are content with their one Super Bowl so and the Rams are thirsty for a Super Bowl here. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams, plus three. This game has all the ingredients to be a classic. All, 
I mean, quite honestly, all four of these games have the recipes to be a classic. But what are we going to get? The thing that scares me about the Rams is if the Rams have to depend on Matt Stafford making a ton of throws. What I mean by a ton of throws is if he has to go, I'm going to put the number at 25. If it's 25 or more, that worries me for the Rams' chances to win. Stafford has shown he is more successful when we keep it in a lower number. Now, I don't know if 25 is a good number for that. I haven't, I didn't go back and look meticulously at that, but that's what scares me on the Rams side of the ball is if Stafford has to throw the ball a lot, which the Buccaneers are very good at stopping the run. So that could play into that part of the Rams offense that scares me. For the Buccaneers, a lot of injuries are going on here. Last season, you were the one of the healthiest teams going through the playoffs, and that was your biggest advantage to get you to the Super Bowl and win you the Super Bowl last season. Buccaneers are not looking that way this year. You have two injuries on your offensive line. You have a, a vast array of other ones throughout it. Some may be just more rest and trying to maintenance and get themselves ready for this game. But like Nathan said, this game could be great. And for me, it just it goes back and forth. What team am I going to see? Which Rams team am I going to see? Because that's the real question. Am I going to get the Rams team that just looked unstoppable against the Cardinals and the Buccaneers? Are they going to be able to stop the passing attack? Or are they going to force Stafford into many mistakes? And for me, I'm feeling better about the Rams winning this one. The Buccaneers are going to put up a great fight. It is going to be a tooth and nail game. It is not going to be one that's going to be won before eight minutes left in the third quarter. This one's going to come down to the wire. You're going to have lots of things going on. And it's going to come down, is McVay going to be able to out-scheme Todd Bowles for this game? Because if he can out-scheme Todd Bowles to keep it from Stafford from making those predetermined throws, those pick sixes, those big turnovers, the Rams are going to win. Not to say the Rams defense can't stop, needs a, not to say the Rams defense has a vacation on stopping the Bucks offense, not that at all. It's just, I feel like the big game-changing mistake is going to be on, made on the Rams offensive side if there's going to be one. But the Rams know the recipe defensively to get to the Bucks, pressure in Brady's face, make it have to be in his hands, as odd as that sounds, make it be in his hands longer than what he wants it to be. I'm picking the Rams to win, and they will win by more than three points. Whoever wins is going to win by four points, but I'm going to pick the Rams to beat the spread and be the first road team so far to win on my picks. Moving on to our final game of the NFL Divisional Playoffs, the AFC rematch of the Bills versus the Chiefs. We had this last time in the AFC Championship. Nathan, do the Chiefs win it again like last year, or do we have a changing of the guard here? Uh, changing of the guard, I think this is a dismantling. I think Buffalo wins by 10. Um, Buffalo is, uh, on, is a freight train right now. I, I don't see them being stopped. Not even Kansas City. I know they're hot too, but um, Buffalo 31-21. That's all I'm going to say about this. Bills certainly look unbeatable. They took a Bill Belichick defensive team and just ran them out of town. They never were stopped. They kept doing whatever they wanted. The only time they didn't score touchdowns when they kneeled the ball. Uh, Chiefs took a little bit to warm up to get going. It's like kind of showed some bad tendencies again of just not taking care of business right away. But maybe some of it was Pittsburgh scheme. Who knows? 
paper it looks like it should be Bills, but my preseason said Chiefs, and that's who I'm going to stick with. I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win. They're going to cover the two and a half because whoever's winning this is winning by three or more. So I'm saying the Chiefs cover the two and a half, and they win it to make it on to the AFC Championship. And those are our divisional picks for this week. We took a look at the quarterbacks. We've taken a look at the divisional playoffs. Nathan and I both agree on Titans, Packers, and Rams end up with the wins. And we went opposite ways with the Bills and Chiefs. He went the Bills. I went the Chiefs. We'll see how those pan out. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. You've been listening to the Sports Forecasters. You've been listening to Nathan Singer. I'm Nick Alvarez, and we'll talk to you next time.